Hi, this is Pastor Robert Blanchard from Lansing First United Methodist Church here in Lansing, Michigan. I just want to take a moment to thank you for checking out our sermon podcast. And if you want to learn more about what we do here at Lansing First, or you want to support us in our mission of going deep, reaching out, and loving Lansing, you can do so online at lansingfirst.org. Thanks. Our third scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilian also died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughter-in-laws from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. She said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. The word of God for the people of God. author of life, 
We thank you for your word, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us this morning to transform us in heart and mind and soul. Amen. So you all know that the scripture for this sermon was picked out months ago. We've been going through this sermon series since we entered into ordinary time after Pentecost, and I gave you the outline for what I would be preaching back at the beginning of June. Obviously, I had some parallels in mind for this text since I had structured this whole sermon series in a chiasm. But sometimes it works out that the scriptures have a particular resonance that we as preachers can't anticipate. Today, that has happened twice. But before I get to that, let me briefly point out the resonance that I had intended. If you remember back to the text that parallels this one in our series, you'll remember that we were at the point in the story of the kings when David was just ascending to power. Saul had been killed, David had won a civil war, and he was just on the cusp of unifying the tribes of Israel. The last major step in that project was the conquest of Jerusalem, which he would establish as his hilltop fortress. When we read that story, we were confronted by the hard reality that David's conquest included the genocide of the Jebusites who had been living in Jerusalem already. We saw David declare through the bloodshed of war that his people were his people. And if you weren't a part of us, then you were a foreign them who would be harshly dealt with. Today we see a story that stands in stark contrast to that kind of ethnic nationalism. In fact, the heroine of today's story, the woman whom this book is named after, Ruth, comes from one of the ancient enemies of the people of Israel, the Moabites. Now, like a lot of the ancient enemies of Israel, if you follow their ancestry back far enough, you realize that Despite the enmity of these two peoples for each other, they are essentially cousins. The Moabites were the descendants of Moab, one of the sons of Lot, who was Abraham's nephew. The ancient narratives of the Bible have this way of always reminding us that no matter how far apart from others we think we are, we're not as far apart as we actually think. We are all connected to one another in some way once we start looking back down our family trees. This is the background against which this story begins. There's a famine in the land of Judah, and Elimelech from Bethlehem of Judah is so desperate to find somewhere safe to live that he picks up his life, gathers his wife and sons, and becomes a refugee in the land of Moab. While in that land, Elimelech dies, and his wife Naomi is left a widow with her two sons. The sons marry two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth, but the misfortune of Naomi continues as her two sons shortly follow their father into death. Now, Naomi is a widow with no one to care for her, and her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, are also widows with no one to care for them. At this point, 
Naomi has no choice but to return to the land of Judah to hope that someone from her family will be able to provide her safety and security. But she still has a hope that her daughters-in-law might have better days ahead of them. She instructs them to return to their families. Maybe they can be married again. Maybe they can start their lives over. And at first, they both protest. But as Naomi continues to insist that they leave, Orpah relents and goes back to her family. Ruth, however, remains steadfast. She declares that she will not return to her family, that whatever challenge lies ahead for Naomi, the two of them will face it together. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There, I will be buried. Ruth has been bound to Naomi through the love of God and there is nothing that will separate them. This is the intended resonance for today, that the love of God transcends our borders, our ethnic ties, all the conditions of our birth, even the ties of blood to our family. The family of God is a family that consists of people from all times and all places, and in that communion with our siblings in Christ is where we find our true belonging. So now on to the ones that I didn't plan for. The first resonance that I didn't plan for all those months ago was that the tragic beginning of this story would mirror the life of this congregation. I did not foresee that as we arrived at this text about picking up the pieces after heartbreak, that we would be in the midst of doing the same. I did not foresee that as we arrived at this text about setting out into the world to seek a new home, a new sense of security and belonging, that we would be doing the same. Yet apparently, the Spirit knew that this word of a love that transcends time and space was a word that we would need to hear in this moment. The Spirit must have known that we would need a comforting word right now about our family being the people that we choose to be siblings with because of the love of God that binds us together. So as I've said before, I sincerely hope that as you all begin to think about the journey that comes after the end of this year, that I hope you're also thinking about the ways to remain unified in the love that you share with one another. The second resonance that I didn't plan for was that we would be reminded today of the love that unites us with brothers and sisters whom we have never even met. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but earlier this month I walked into the church to do some of the usual paperwork that I do each week, and there was a flurry of activity in the entryway. The women from the baby box program were busy sorting through bag and bag after bag of blankets that had been collected and that will be sent on to Haiti, where they will support the mission of Soaring Unlimited. 
I was asked if it might be possible to do a blessing of these blankets. And when I looked at the calendar, I knew that today was the day that we were meant to do such a thing. As we remember and cherish the love that Ruth and Naomi have for one another, let us ask God to give us hearts filled with that same love for our siblings who are in the pews with us each week, who gather in sanctuaries like ours across this city and nation, and for all of our siblings in humanity whom we have never met and will never meet, but whom God dearly loves. Amen. Please pray with me. God, your love is the most powerful force in all of creation. Let us never forget the strength of that love that binds us to one another and that binds all of humanity together. When life seems at its darkest, when we are left picking up the pieces of our heart, may we always remember that we are never alone. Amen.